The Stories I Wish You Heard is a member of Bunk Collective, podcasts that came to play. Check out this other podcast, one of many great titles, only from Bunk. Did you know that creative people live longer? I think you didn't. Want to know more? Head on over to my podcast called After Class with Chloe, a local art podcast with me, your host Chloe, where I talk about art without the boring stuff. Join me on my journey through my last few terms in college as well. After Class with Chloe is available on all podcast platforms. So till then, see you after class and enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the stories I wish you heard. If this is your first time listening to this show, I do an episode a week. The A episode features a story from my blog City Songs, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, pause this one first and come back after. You're listening to the B episode where I walk you through some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for the story. We also have some special guests in the form of storytellers who'll share some of the stories they wish were heard and they'll help us unpack some of the themes discussed. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can show your support by clicking follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts you'll get notified whenever a new post is up. iOS users, please rate the show and leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app to let me know how I'm doing. And with that out of the way, let's get unpacking. I wrote on what it will be like in August 2016, and this was a particularly difficult episode to record. I remember where I was in my life when I wrote this story. I had just turned 30, fresh off the heels of what at that time was the longest relationship that I had been in. And I didn't know, it felt like I didn't know how to be single anymore. I felt lost and (laughs) insecure, and I filled my daydreams with scenes of what it would be like uh, if I ever met my ex again. I imagined that I would play it cool, like I wouldn't want him to see me sweating. So I pictured we would meet one last time at a cafe, and I would get to show him how different I was. I enrolled at a gym, I started learning new hobbies, and I started to be more um, sociable. I was really determined to win the breakup game, no matter the cost. I would be the thin one. I would be the fun one. I would be the one who moved on first. Except I wasn't. It wasn't even close. And all that time I was spending proving that I was better off was distracting me from what I should have been doing, which is healing after a tragic ending. When I took my eye off the price of him seeing me at a cafe telling me I've changed, I began to see what was really at stake, and that if I wanted to be whole again and really fall in love, I would have to start by falling back in love with me. I'm really proud of the first line of this story, Since this was a blog post, I couldn't really convey the emotion and tone that I wanted him to have when he tells me that I've changed. So I wanted to build up to that hope and then smash it towards the end. So I imagined um, a little boy waking up on Christmas Day with, you know, sleep in his eyes. And he walks up to the tree in his pajamas to check out his presents. And he opens them one by one, only to find empty boxes. I wanted him to come meet me at a cafe, expecting to get back together, only to find that the man he left was no longer there. That, of course, never happened. Those scenes only really happen in movies, and the weeks, months, and years 
since that breakup have really taught me that in real life, you don't get that redemption scene. You don't get uh, one final confrontation in some prologue at a cafe. The most you can get is a chance to turn that pain into words. And then some years later, you turn those words into a podcast episode. Maybe when that time comes, you'll look back at that car crash and think, eh, that wasn't so bad. And so that is the story of On What It Will Be Like. After the break, we'll listen to this week's storytellers who will tell us about the first time they saw their exes after their breakups. We'll be right back with the stories I wish you heard. Have you ever gotten in trouble for falling asleep in class? Instead of dozing off, next time, tune in to Sleeping in Class with Professor Rafa a new education and relaxation podcast for whether you want to learn something new or fall asleep trying. Sit back and relax because class is in session. Welcome back to the stories I wish you heard. You just heard the ad for Sleeping in Class. It's a brand new podcast with Professor Rafa. If you're like me and you have trouble sleeping, This is the perfect show for you. Rafa's voice is warm and soothing, and you'll be off to dreamland in no time. He just released his second episode, Botany 101, Types of Fruits. I'll leave a link in this episode's show notes. Now, earlier this week, I posted this question. Tell me about the first time you saw your ex after you broke up. This week, we have a total of five storytellers. Let's see what they had to say. Our first entry is from Brian, who we last heard in 18B. Brian is one half of the show Bulalo Sessions. Let's listen to what he had to say. Uh, hello. Uh, so the first time that I met my ex after our breakup is her birthday. That's February 14, Valentine's. And it's only three weeks after the breakup. So it's kind of fresh. You know, we we have this um, tradition to always celebrate our birthdays together. And it's the first time that we didn't made any celebration because, well, of course, we were broken up. But we made it a point that we'll meet that day just to settle some things. And I was actually, before going there, I was deciding whether to bring flowers or you know, just for <laughs> for my, that that sounds stupid, but but hey, um. So I settled for for a gift. I bought her a book. That's the last thing that I bought her. Yeah. So I went to the coffee shop, and it's really weird because when I got there, she just smiled at me, and you know, it's very awkward and weird because it's not the usual warm welcome that I receive from her. Everything is just. There's tension in the air. Everything's just weird. And we settled for small talks. Kumustahan. We can't actually navigate through the conversation because, you know, we're going to talk about what happened. For closure. And we, we somehow did. And we settled some things. And ultimately, we decided that Maybe it's the right thing for us to break up. Because there's there's a lot of things that is 
playing a factor in the breakup. So, it's best that we did that. Uh, well, when we left the coffee shop, I was about to make hated sa kanya dun sa sakaya ng jeep. She held my hand and rested her head on my shoulder and just looked at me. I did the same. I looked at her and there's a silence that passed between us. It's, it's a comfortable silence. It's something that that I was familiar of because, you know, there's there's love there. There's care. There's comfort. And it's the last time that I will ever feel that from her. And yeah, even though it's it's sad, the breakup has to happen. You know, this entry has really got me thinking that words are so interesting. In the beginning of relationships, there are plenty of words. These are your confessions that are whispered in a hush. And then at the end of relationships, there are plenty of words still. These are typically yelled at the tops of lungs. So it seems like in relationships, there are always plenty of words to go around. But somewhere in the middle of any good relationship, right where it hits the sweet spot, you can sit in silence with the one that you love and not feel like any words have to be spoken. You can just sit there and not say anything and feel at peace. If you're lucky like Brian is, you can catch a glimpse of this moment, even when it's ended. So yes, the story has ended, but it doesn't mean that you can't have one last glimmer of the love that you once shared. Brian is very lucky that he got this coffee shop moment. Not everyone gets a chance to wrap things up and get closure. And even though that moment of silence was brief and final, it was still so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Brian. It was very bittersweet, and it felt like we were right there in the coffee shop with you. If there is an afterlife where failed relationships can go, yours would most likely be in the good place. Our next storyteller is Alex, and this is his first entry to the show. Alex sent his entry as text, which I'll read for you. Hi, city boy. It's me, Alex. You asked about the first time you saw your ex after you broke up. My first boyfriend's name is Paul. We met on a bus going to the same party of a common friend. We were 18 and we were too young. We broke up a year after, trying hard to make it work. We kept in touch as friends, but I didn't see him until 13 years after. I was already working in Makati and we decided to meet up because he was in the area. I took him to this restaurant that I knew in Greenbelt. We were laughing at silly stories from our youth. And I was even amazed of the stories he was telling me because most of them, nakalimutan ko na. His face was so radiant at the same time softened with the glow of the dinner lamps at our table. His smile was still endearing. There was a moment when we were just smiling and looking at each other, intoxicated with the happy memories we were talking about. Dinner ended, but instead of doing anything stupid, we decided to let our ships sail away from each other once more. Maybe we're like that, two ships who will meet but will never sail together. It was a great night. I can remember warmth and get giddy from it. That's how Paul and I met again. Thank you for reading my entry, City Boy. And Paul, if you ever hear this, you owe me dessert. Love, Alex. I must say, I was expecting a lot of sad entries for this episode. 
but our storytellers are once again proving me wrong. Alex tells us a cute story, one that feels straight out of a rom-com. Seeing as he and Paul got together when they were practically children, it's not surprising to hear that it didn't work out. It's so different from the breakups that we have in our mid-twenties to thirties. Perhaps we don't bounce back as easily or it takes us a longer time to forgive. I'm glad that you were able to honor that love you felt for each other and the time you spent together with one final evening. Seeing each other 13 years later must have been a trip. Alex and Paul share a lovely evening together, and before they did anything they would regret, they parted ways like two ships meeting in the night with different destinations. Thank you, Alex, for sharing your story with us. It's nice to look back at relationships like this fondly, and you may not be each other's the one, but you'll always have this lovely evening to look back to. Our next entry is from Mukibo, who we last heard from in 19B. In today's episode, we get to learn a little bit more of the story that she shared. Let's listen to what she had to say. So this is about my ex from college. Uh, We stayed together after graduation and about um, a year after he broke up. So he had moved to Singapore and we tried the long distance thing and uh, it didn't work out. Then after about 10 months since we broke up, he said he was going to come home for to like run errands and stuff. And we had agreed that we were going to see each other and kind of do this one last thing, um, which was kind of left open from our relationship. And yeah, so I was like really nonchalant about it, just like in your story. And I was trying to come back and, and show him like how great and okay I was. And he took it as like an opportunity to really take me out on this on an actual date. Um, so like he dressed up for it. He, we saw a movie, we ate in a nice place. He paid for everything. He bought me my favorite flower and he'd never done that. And we even like took a cab for just commuting, which was like really huge <laughs> for us at that age. And, um, so he, you know, gave me everything that I ever wanted from him while we were together. And it gave me such mixed feelings because after I remember going home and just breaking down and it feels weird because, you know, it was a perfect day and here I was like bawling my eyes out and it was because he gave me in that one day everything that I ever wanted from him that he couldn't give me for three years of being together. And he was giving it to me now. And now that we were broken up and now that it's too late and it was such a stark contrast from how he was treating me before, it just made me see like, damn, he's such an ass. And I let myself be treated this way for so long. And it was with that too that, yeah, it was a nice, pretty ending, but it was also extremely painful. And it made it so much easier to get over him. Um, and that's when I really closed the book on us and said that I was done. And I was finally able to let him go. 
So he was a douchebag and he still kind of is, but I'm better. <laughs> and I, you know, that, him, that relationship, that day, it changed the way that I loved ever since. So I win. <laughs> yes, you do. You definitely win as both judge and jury of the courtroom that is the stories I wish you heard. I declare you the winner of this breakup. So Mokibo told us parts of the story in previous entries. And um, in case you missed those, she was in a long-distance relationship with this guy, and it didn't work out. Now that they were in the same area code, whether it was a good idea or not, they decided to meet one last time. I'm guessing when he realized how nonchalant she was, he took it upon himself to tear down her walls by giving her a perfect evening. Which may seem fun and wonderful if this were a movie, but again, it's not. We're in the real world and over here, showing your ex one perfect evening just proves one thing. You had everything in you to be the best boyfriend you could be, but you just didn't love her or value her enough to show her those things while you were still together. It didn't come naturally to you. It required effort, and so perhaps it wasn't love. I'm glad that she was able to come to her senses when she got home. Sometimes we have to see the whole house burning down to shatter the illusion. Who knows how many more years she could have wasted thinking about this guy. With this one perfect evening, which ended in tears, she was able to close the book on a painful love in a whole chapter of her young life. So thank you, Mokibo, for sharing her entry. I'm glad that you wised up at the end. It was thrilling to hear such a satisfying ending to your story. Our next storyteller is Flo. He is a friend of the show, and this is his first entry. Flo is the host of the soon-to-launch Counter Flow the podcast, and he responded to the Instagram story that I posted for this episode, and here's what he had to say. Should I feel something, or should I bother to react? When you already close the door and throw the key, the next thing you need to do is turn your back and walk away. Just like the usual strangers walking in the street, we just passed by. Nothing. No more feelings. No glimpse or smile. Just another stranger to me. Flo sent in a short entry, but it's packed with so many things that he wished he would say. It's funny how someone can be your entire world one minute and be a complete stranger the next. I know I cringe a lot when I pass by certain time hops. So it's strange to see the face of someone you no longer speak to, but you once loved with all your heart. It looks like Flo got closure from this relationship, and even though he still sees his ex around, now he is just another stranger, another faceless member of the crowd as he walks by. So thank you, Flo, for this beautiful entry. While there may be some sadness that your ex is no longer in your life, perhaps there's some comfort in the fact that his presence does not hurt you as much or any more. Our final entry is from our resident storyteller McCoy, who we last heard in 20B. Let's find out what happened when McCoy saw his ex again. Hey, city boy, this is McCoy. So to answer your question... Tell me about the first time you saw your ex after you broke up. Um, after almost 20 years of no contact, I decided to reach out to my ex because of something my sister-in-law said. 
you know, I figured I'm in a good place in my life and it's been so long that it's time to put the hurt feelings between us aside. Um, so I sent him a message. It took him about a week to reply, but I later found out he was busy getting married. <laughs> so anyway, um, the chat turned into a phone call. The phone call turned into a dinner inv- invitation. So we did set a date. I let him choose the time and place. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I didn't want to get blamed if my choice of restaurant wasn't up to his standards. So I let him choose. Um, so the night before, um, I was really nervous and I actually had three outfits planned for the dinner night. And in fact, I sent pictures to my sister, my sister's in law and told them, you know, I want to look, uh, mature but stylish without trying too hard. And they picked the one I was leaning towards anyway. Um, so I don't know, I, I don't know if that's something people do in this situation. Um, but I felt really weird about it and I was asking myself why I was so nervous. Anyway, so the dinner night came. And I got to the restaurant a little bit earlier than expected. So I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll sit at the bar. I'll get a drink because I needed to um, calm my nerves. Um, so I sat at the part of the, the bar where I'd, I'd be able to see him walking up. So after about 10 minutes, I, I see him walking, you know, as handsome and as fashion forward as ever, wearing something I'd never be able to pull off in a 100 years. Uh, he saw me and he flashed that very familiar smile. Um, his face matured with all like, you know, the corresponding lines that go with it. But I guess we both did. He walked up to me, you know, we hugged. And that's when I realized I don't feel killig with him anymore. And that's why I stopped being nervous that night. Uh, so we got to our table and we sat down and finally got a good look at him. Uh, there was something about his eyes, something I've never seen before on him. Um, so I kept thinking and thinking what it was. And I realized, you know, it was, um, there was pain in his eyes. Um, like he's been badly hurt and it showed. Um, I don't know how I know. Maybe because I know him very well, so I could read him. Um, but, you know, soon enough, we started reminiscing and laughing at the same old jokes and the same old lines. You know, it felt comfortable falling into a familiar energy. It's like going back home. You know where things are and you know you know your place. Anyway, we got to talking about what's been going on in our lives. And sure enough, he's had some pretty intense relationships after me um, that have caused him a lot of pain. You know, I was hurt that he was hurt. Um, You know, he broke my heart, but I've always wanted the best for him and I never wished him any harm. Um, You know, and our conversation went from, you know, past relationships to family to work and how he was offered a job in Manila, but he turned it down. So anyway, the conversation eventually led up to our own relationship. And I told him I was happy with him, except for the fact that a lot of times uh, he was hard to deal with because, you know, um, it was either his way or it'll be a fight. And more often than not, I just let him have his way because I didn't want to deal with a fight. Um, and I could tell, like, he, he slumped his shoulders ever so slightly. And, you know, there was a sadness that flashed over his face, very subtle. But I know him very well, so I could read him like a book. So I could, I could see that he did that. Um, so that's when I realized he didn't know, um, he didn't know how he made me feel. 
or that he made me feel that way at the time. And I told him it was such a long time ago and we we're both happy where we are in our lives. You know, he's happily married to a man that treated him well and loved him the way he deserved to be loved. You know, so I told him it was on the past and we were just reminiscing. So the dinner ended and we, you know, he walked me to my car. He gave me a hug and a kiss and we walked away as friends. Um, it felt good that, that night. It felt right. So yeah, so that was the, the first time I saw my ex after many, many years after, after, after we broke up. So yeah. If you've been listening to this show since season one, you may have heard episode 4B, where McCoy talks about this particular lover at length. Hearing it again many months later, it still strikes right in the middle of sad and sweet. There's a lot to unpack, so let's get to it. Let's start with the clothes. McCoy went through different outfits and even consulted his sister-in-law for the perfect outfit that says he's mature, stylish, without trying too hard. You can see a lot of effort went into this evening, from planning the restaurant down to probably the shoes that McCoy would wear. And when the ex shows up looking cool and freshly scrubbed, effortlessly fashionable, it just seems like it's so unfair. We can't know if the ex debated endlessly on his wardrobe choices as well, but all we know is these two were probably the best dressed in the entire restaurant that night. Now let's get to body language. Isn't it interesting how you can spend 20 years without somebody and still know every move that they make? McCoy noted that there was a pain in his eyes and a weight on his shoulders, and it seems like he knew every word that his ex's body was saying. Amy Winehouse says to know him is to love him, and McCoy still knew his ex very well. This is the kind of relationship that you kind of fantasize about in your weaker moments, Like maybe in another life, we could have ended up together. Or in a parallel universe, you would meet at exactly the right place and the right time, and it wouldn't ever end. But things didn't work out in this life, and so McCoy just has to live with that reality. As the evening ended, he walked McCoy to his car, and they shared a hug and a kiss and walked away as friends. McCoy says it felt right, and that's how you know you can love somebody with all your heart and still understand that he's not the one for you. And because you love him, you can set him free so that he could be with the one who is made for him. There is a side story in McCoy's entry that I took out initially because it changed the mood a little bit, but it's such a funny anecdote that I'm going to have to share it as a postscript. Let's listen to some more of McCoy's story. So he shared a story about that time uh, he was sent to Manila for, I think, a week by his company. And we had, he had me laughing because it was so him to do, it was so, so him to do something like that. So anyway, um, when he landed in Manila, he was picked up by the whole team that he was supposed to work with for a week on this project. And on the way to the hotel, the team started talking to each other in Tagalog about him, how, you know, he's so handsome and he's so tall and how he dresses, you know, he dresses so well, etc., etc., you know, while he maintained a neutral expression. So when the project was done, uh, he gave a whole speech thanking the whole team um, for welcoming him and telling, you know, telling them they did a good job. But he did this all in Tagalog. 
Um, so everyone was shocked because they assumed he wasn't Filipino. Um, so we had a good laugh about that, but I did tell him he was a jerk for not letting them know that he could understand everything they were saying the whole entire time. <laughs> so that was hilarious. I can, I can just imagine the face crack in that entire van of people. I'm glad that that never happened to me. And here's a lesson for all those who work in international companies. Never assume that the expat doesn't speak Filipino. So thank you, McCoy, for sending in your story. It was the perfect mix of happiness with just a little hint of sadness. And I'm sure wherever he is, his heart can rest easy in the fact that he left that restaurant with a dear friend. So some final words on this episode. We've had five wonderful stories of reunions with exes. Some ended happily, some ended in tears, all of them ending because these relationships were not meant to be. I may not have gotten my coffee shop moment like Brian or my perfect dinner date like McCoy or Alex and to some extent Makibo, but I did get to see my ex one last time. Here's that story. So I was on my way home after working all night and it was around 5 or 6 a.m. My Uber took a weird turn and we ended up on this random side street. And I had this weird sinking feeling in my gut like I knew I would see my ex again. This was a few months after we broke up and a few weeks after he finally moved out. I can't tell you how I knew I would see him right at that moment. All I know is that a few seconds later, I found myself hunched up in the back seat hiding from the man that I once called home. When I realized that the car was heavily tinted, I sat back up and started to look at him. The streets were congested, and we would be there for a while, so I decided to just stare at him from afar. Granted, it was early in the morning, but he looked extra tired that day. We were a few blocks away from where he worked, and I could tell that he didn't really get a lot of sleep the night before. He was walking slowly, and when I really looked at him, I I noticed something alarming. His backpack was open. I know that backpack. That was the backpack that uh, had a bright inside trim that I bought with him in Robinson's Galleria. And it was wide open and his laptop was just there for the taking. So I thought about rolling the window down to yell at him and and tell him that his bag was open. But what would he say when he sees that the well-meaning stranger was me? Would he think that I was stalking him? Oh God. I sunk lower into my seat. I couldn't just let him walk around Makati with an open backpack. What if someone takes his computer? He wouldn't be able to make a living without it. But then again, how many words would I need to explain that I was there by accident, that I wasn't following him around in an unmarked car? It was a problem that I did not want to have, and yet there I was. I struggled back and forth, and just as I was about to roll my window down, the car began to move away. He became smaller and smaller, fading into the rearview mirror, and the last that I could see was the yellow of his backpack shining through. I never saw him again. Sometimes I look back at this moment and wonder, what would have happened if I had rolled my window down in time? Would my life be any different? Or would it just be left with another story that I wish he heard? That bell tells us that that's all the unpacking we have for this episode. Thank you so much to our storytellers for sharing your recordings. It's been an honor to share the stories you wish were heard. If you'd like to weigh in on this week's episode, you can share your stories with me on Twitter or Instagram by tagging me at CityBoy or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the stories I wish you heard. 
If you'd like to be our next storyteller, please stay tuned after the A episode to hear the question for the week. Record your answer and send it to me to be featured in the B episode. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Come back next week when you feature another story on The Stories I Wish You Heard. Thank you.